good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. This is, believe it or not, our fourth event and our CEO, the Catholic Evangelization Outreach Series here at St. Margaret Mary. Uh, my name is Karen Roby Forrest, and I'm a parishioner here St. Margaret Mary. I have three children that attend school here. I've got a first grader, third grader, and a fourth grader. And uh, I love St. Margaret Mary. I love the church. I love the school, the entire parish. So I'm very happy to be a part of this and, and to help out. And um, if this is your first time here with us tonight, this is a great program, and we're glad that you decided to come see what it's all about. And if this is, uh, some of us see some familiar faces, you've been here before, so thank you for returning. And we hope that you'll continue to bring uh, your friends and your family and tell them about our speaker series here uh, that we have that we hope is a great way for you to strengthen uh, your relationship with God. The purpose of CEO is for lay people to share their experience of how God has moved them in their lives to bring them into a personal relationship with Him. Our speakers are chosen very carefully, and their presentations are reviewed ahead of time by uh, a small team of individuals to ensure that their talk is well-organized and that the remarks are grounded in Scripture and the teachings of the Catholic Church. Uh, I think evangelization, of course, can be challenging for us. Sometimes you don't uh, really understand what it means. It can be can particularly hard if you're struggling, possibly, with your own faith. And tonight's speaker, uh, Lisa, will share her story of turning her back on the Catholic Church and her journey back to the church through Mary's love and God's grace. It is a story of coming home with a renewed love and understanding of the beauty of her. Uh, it's my pleasure, as I mentioned, to introduce our speaker tonight, Lisa Bellafato. She was born in Mount Kisco, New York. She moved around a lot growing up, eventually settling in Boston, Massachusetts after college. She moved here to Louisville in 2003 to be a little bit closer to her family. Her mom and dad uh, at the time were living in Lexington. Her sister, Jill Roby, lives here in Louisville with her husband, Scott, and they have two children, Jessica and Jake, who attend uh, St. Margaret Mary as well. Lisa's brother and sister-in-law live in Birmingham, Alabama. Lisa says she loves being an aunt, and she has another niece who lives in Arizona. Now, Lisa is married to Rob Densmore, and she works as a health educator for Passport Health Plan. She's involved in pastoral care, and Christ renews his parish retreat, the formation team here at St. Margaret Mary. And I'm very fortunate to know Lisa uh, very well, and I can tell you she is a joy. She is an incredibly wonderful person. I absolutely adore uh, Lisa, and I think St. Margaret Mary is so very fortunate to have her here uh, as a part of our home. So without further ado, Lisa Bellafato. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Karen. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. I really appreciate uh, you being willing to hear my story. So I will start in and, and share with you my journey back home to the Catholic Church. Mass is boring. It's just the same words over and over. It doesn't have a lot of relevance in my life. It's hard for me to stand here and admit that these are words that I believed for a long time and let influence my life, but they are part of my story. My name is Lisa Bellafato, and I would like to share with you my journey back home. Let me start by giving you a little bit of background. I was born and raised Catholic in a very loving and close-knit family. We went to church every Sunday, even on vacation, and we said grace before meals and prayers before bed, thanking God for all of our blessings. We didn't, however, read the Bible as a family or pray the rosary, so our family religious life really centered mostly around the Mass. 
The first church that I remember attending was St. James the Apostle Church in Carmel, New York. It was a beautiful scallop-shaped church with the whole back wall, a floor-to-ceiling stained glass window. I remember sitting in church during mass, flooded with the kaleidoscope of colors washing over me. I felt lucky, as if I could feel God's presence, as if he were physically embracing me through that colored light. I share this memory because as a child, I loved going to mass. I loved the rituals, the sights, the sounds, the smells. I felt at home and close to the God whom I talked to throughout my day. But as I got older and went off to college, I no longer looked at the church through the loving eyes of a child. I lost sight of the beautiful stained glass colors and saw the church through the eyes of a young modern woman, as if I was looking at the church under the glare of an exposed light bulb. I scrutinized, I questioned, and I picked apart something that used to have true meaning to me. I turned my back, not on God, but on the church and her ways that no longer seemed to have any relevance in my life. Without focusing too much on the details of why I turned away from the church, I will share that I struggled with the role of women in the church and the seeming hypocrisy of Christian people who attend services and then outside of church do not follow God's word or act very loving towards each other. I still prayed and talked to God, feeling especially close to him in nature or quiet reflective times in my life, but I no longer practice Catholicism or any religion. I spent many years like this, more than I would ever like to admit. I lived in Boston after college and began my adult life free from the constraints of the church or any organized religion. I felt that I was a spiritual person and began exploring other sources of spirituality. While clutter clearing one day, I came across my rosary beads, my crystal rosary beads, and they had an Our Lady of Lourdes centerpiece. My dad had given me these rosaries years ago, and they were beautiful. I just loved them when he first gave them to me, but I knew I would never use them again. And I felt it was a shame to have them just boxed up, unused. So I gave them to one of my coworkers, an older Italian woman who was a devout Catholic. She appreciated the gift, and it made me happy to know that they would be used as they should be. So the years went by. I spent my time trying to be a good person, trying to figure out what my meaning and purpose in life was, and hoping that I would find someone to share my life with. After living in Boston for 19 years, I was no closer to knowing what my life's purpose was or having someone to share my life with. So I moved to Louisville in 2003 to be near my family. As Karen mentioned, my mom and dad were living in Lexington, and my sister was here in, is still here in Louisville where she was starting her beautiful family. I loved being near my family and getting to be an aunt to my niece and nephew. Even though my sister was actively involved at St. Margaret Mary's and graciously invited me to activities at the church, I did not join her, and I was still not practicing any religion. 
In 2007, I went with a friend to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where for the first time I encountered the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I was drawn to her in a profound and inexplicable way. I bought a calendar with her image on it and hung it in my room when I got home. Me, the girl who turned her back on the church, had Our Lady of Guadalupe in her life. Later in 2007, when I was 42 years old, I got married to Rob, who was a friend from eighth grade and now the love of my life. It was the first marriage for both of us. In 2009, Rob and I moved out west for four years, three in northern Arizona and one in the Mojave Desert in California. It was during my time out west that I started feeling an emptiness, a feeling that I was missing the meaning and purpose in my life. And life simply had to be more than just going to work every day. God was still part of my life, but there was no structure, no direction, no community. I felt a feeling of aloneness that I had never experienced before. I missed being part of a community and being with others to share my spirituality. While going through some boxes from our move, I found a little wooden box that I hadn't seen in years. I opened the box and my jaw dropped. Inside were my beautiful crystal rosaries that I had given to my coworker years ago. How could this be? I don't have an answer, and I still don't, but I knew that something very profound had happened. I felt so happy to have these rosary beads back and surprised how comforting the thought of having a connection to my Catholic past brought me. In January of 2011, my sister was hospitalized with a serious blood clot that resulted in an operation to remove a rib that was pressing on her artery. I was over 1,500 miles away and felt very helpless. I found the Catholic Church in the small Arizona town where I was living, and I went inside to pray. Inside the church was a beautiful image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I knelt down before her and I cried, praying to her to help my sister and to take good care of her. My prayers were answered. I felt so thankful to God that I went to church on Easter Sunday. I felt the stirrings of the beauty of the rituals that I so loved long ago. Shortly after, my husband and I moved to the Mojave Desert in California. We lived in a poor town outside of Edwards Air Force Base. I began attending a beautiful little church called Our Lady of the Desert. Do you all notice a theme here? Mary was slowly guiding me back to the church and to her son. I attended this church regularly and was deeply moved by this poor Hispanic parish who was rich in faith, love, and kindness. I am sure they wondered about this crazy chica who would attend mass and cry throughout most of the service, especially during the most beautiful singing version of Lamb of God that I've ever heard. I felt very welcomed in their community and so touched by the depth of their faith and their generosity of sharing what little they had. I liked being part of something bigger than myself, 
being part of a community, and I looked forward to going to Mass every week. During one of the priest homilies, he spoke of, Ma of Mary, who he affectionately called Mama Mary. He talked about her role of guiding us to Jesus. He said, to Jesus through Mary. I realized at that moment that Mama Mary had brought me home. She lovingly guided me back to the Catholic faith and to her son. This time, I embraced this gift with my whole heart, mind, and soul. I began saying the rosary on a daily basis, and I learned that rosary comes from the Latin word rosarium, which means crown or garland of roses. I imagine each Our Father and Hail Mary that I say weaves this beautiful garland of roses. The rosary is a beautiful prayer practice where we ask Mary to draw us closer to her son by guiding us through his life. Each decade of the rosary represents a major event in Christ's life, from the Annunciation, through his baptism and public ministry, to his passion and resurrection, and to his ascension and the descent of the Holy Spirit. The rosary is another way that Mary draws me closer to Jesus. And so began my journey back to my faith. I went to reconciliation, a daunting task after 25 years of being away from the church. It was humbling to sit before the priest and to say how long it had been since my last confession and that I really didn't even remember what to do. I was touched by his kindness and compassion as he guided me through the process, listened to my laundry list, and probably not shocked, but it was amazing to me, the list you can accumulate after 25 years, and he kindly counseled me. Here is the truly amazing thing. He wasn't shocked, he didn't judge, he just listened with love and forgave me for my sins. Now, over the years in my prayers and conversations with God, I had asked for forgiveness for my wrongdoings. But it wasn't until going to reconciliation that I felt something shift. I felt a lightness I hadn't felt in years. How could God forgive me for all that I did? If God could forgive me, couldn't I forgive the wrongdoings I perceived others doing to me? Couldn't I be less judgmental and more forgiving of others as God was towards me? Perhaps the hypocrisy that I chose to focus on was an excuse to turn from my faith and to be in a state of judgment that kept me separated from God. When I moved back to Louisville at the end of 2012, I became involved at St. Margaret Mary. I participated in different classes. One had a particularly strong impact on me, it was Matthew Kelly's Rediscovering Catholicism, led by Kathleen Mitchell. Three things from his teaching really impacted me immediately. The first was that Matthew Kelly addressed my question about what is the meaning and purpose of our lives. He helped me understand that the longing I felt inside was our quest for happiness and love. He explained how easy it is to get distracted in our world 
and to try to fill this longing through material goods when what we truly are yearning for is a relationship with God because God is love. So our true purpose is to lead an authentic life, being the best version of ourselves as we seek God and become the person he created us to be. Wow. How simply he explained something that I was searching for throughout my whole adult life. I felt like I had direction and purpose. Matthew Kelly said, we become what we celebrate. I reevaluated what I was focusing on in my life and therefore celebrating. I wanted to rediscover my roots in Catholicism and understand how I could use Jesus' teachings to become the best version of myself. Second thing I learned from Matthew Kelly, and this was on his CD version of Rediscovering Catholicism, he talks about how the average lifespan of, of, of humans is 77 years. Matthew Kelly then says, I've got a question for you. How are you going to tell God that you didn't have time to read his book? Well, that really hit me because I'm an avid reader, and yet I never read the Bible. Yes, during Mass, we have readings from the Bible, but I had never really picked up the Bible and started reading it. And I have to admit, this really brought me out of my comfort zone. It touched a nerve of the hypocrisy issue that I had struggled with. Would I become someone who quoted the Bible but didn't have my life reflect what I was saying? It was clear to me that I still had to deal with this issue. So I began to read God's book. And I'm glad that you were all sitting down because I'm going to share with you the most profound thing that I learned from my meager start of reading the Bible. You ready for it? The Bible has a lot of good stuff in it. <laughs> and I make a joke of this, but I, find, I found it so funny that I was really shocked to find out that the Bible was full of so much wisdom and practical teachings on how to live an authentic life. And I guess a book doesn't get to be the bestseller for over 2,000 years without having something to deliver. So through reading the Gospels, I started to learn how Jesus wanted me to live my life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ. I loved these verses. This was something that I could wrap my mind around, a practical way of living my life. It also became clear through my reading that Jesus wanted us to share his word with others, to evangelize. This was something I was definitely not comfortable with. It brought up images in my mind of people who could quote Bible verses by heart for all different occasions. I admired that knowledge and ability, but it was definitely not one I possessed. And even if my reading of the Bible brought me to that place of knowing God's word so well that I could quote, I'm not sure that that is who I am. So what did this mean for me? Would I not be able to fulfill Jesus' wishes because of my inability or lack of comfort in, in quoting scripture? I remembered a quote from St. Francis of Assisi, one of my favorite saints, and he said, preach the gospel every day, and if necessary, 
use words. This resonated with me, and it felt as if it was something that I could strive for. I would try to make my faith and my actions line up. St. James captured this well in James chapter 1, verse 22, when he said, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourself. The third gift Matthew Kelly gave me was he taught me about the beauty of the Mass and what the Mass truly means. Remember, in my young adult life, I questioned the relevance of the Mass and, I, and how I felt it was boring. Matthew Kelly said, We don't go to Mass to socialize. We don't go to be entertained. We go to give ourselves to God and in return to receive God. It is about gathering as a community to give thanks to God for all the blessings he fills our lives with. It is about receiving the body and blood of Christ. What I realized is that I never really understood what was happening at Mass. How Mass is a celebration of God's word through the liturgy of the word and a celebration of God's gift of himself to us through the liturgy of the Eucharist. It is a communion, an opportunity as a community to come together to receive the body and blood of Christ and be in union with God. I can still be close to God when I'm out in nature and during quiet, reflective times in my life, but the true connection and, one, and oneness with God comes from receiving the Eucharist at Mass with other members of the church. Eucharist means thanksgiving. And what a beautiful reminder to be ever thankful to God for his presence in our lives. Through our Catholic faith, we get to witness and participate in this sacred mystery. Being in and receiving God's physical presence. What better way to fill this yearning for a relationship with God than through the Eucharist? In Ronald Rolfheiser's book, Our One Great Act of Fidelity, he tells a story of a little girl who was frightened to go to sleep at night. Her mother comforts her and brings her back to her room. And the mother tells the little girl, you know, to not be afraid because she's not alone, that God is with her. And the little girl replies, I know that God is here with me, but I need someone here who has some skin. So as I reflected on the mystery of the Eucharist, it became clear to me that one of the Eucharist's many gifts to us is the actual physical presence of God. It is skin time with God. The Eucharist nourishes us through God's real presence, like a physical embrace. Through this connection, I become my most authentic self, the best version of myself as I am open to be who God created me to be. Now when I attend Mass, I try to stay focused and truly appreciate the mystery of what is happening. That during the Eucharistic prayer, we are witnesses to the consecration, the actual moment that the bread and wine turn into the body and blood of Christ. The next time you are at Mass, I invite you to gaze at this mystery in wonder through the loving eyes of a child. Really allow yourself to hear the words 
Let the mystery of this precious gift wash over you. Feel the words in your heart and rejoice in knowing that you are, you are partaking in a celebration that is continued uninterrupted since the Last Supper. Let your soul be filled with joy and thanksgiving as you approach the altar to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Feel his awesome presence in you. I don't know if it's because of all my wasted years away from the church, but when I receive communion, I often, my eyes often fill with tears. I'm just overwhelmed by the beauty of this gift. And I can feel Christ's loving presence as if my cells, dulled by my mundane existence, have come to life, filled with joy and enthusiasm. I had a realization during Mass one morning. After I received the Eucharist, I'm a changed person, different from the person who came into church. I get to take Jesus with me out into the world. He accompanies me wherever I go. I have the opportunity to allow Jesus to change me and to share him with others. Carmelite priest Father Jacques said, the word incarnate is always there for us in the Eucharist. When you receive him, you are like the Virgin Mary during the months she carried her child. You truly carry Christ within you and want to be absorbed in profound thanksgiving. You carry him living within you. How necessary is silence so that the Holy Spirit can reveal to us the grandeur of this mystery. So this is my challenge. Can I find silence in my life to contemplate this mystery? Can I live my life in thanksgiving for this amazing gift of God's presence in my life? Can I let Jesus change me? I know one way that helps me with this challenge, receive the Eucharist as often as I can. Five days before Christmas in 2013, I was laid off from my job. 2014 started without the routine of my working life and a rather low point for me. As God often does, some of the best gifts come out of our dark times. Needing structure and routine in my now adrift life, I decided to go to 815 daily mass. I had never been to a daily mass, and I was struck by the beauty of its simplicity. I went back the next day, and then the next. I felt nourished and welcomed in this tight-knit community of dedicated parishioners. I found starting my day this way drew me closer to God and helped me to be a better version of myself. I encourage you to find time to experience daily Mass if you can. During this time, I also had the opportunity to sit with Jesus during Eucharistic adoration, another experience that I had never done before. This hour, sitting in the physical presence of Jesus, was such a healing and peaceful time for me that I don't even have words to adequately describe the beauty of the experience. How lucky we are as Catholics that we have so many opportunities to be in the physical presence of God, to sit with him, to have skin time with him. How did I ever think that Mass was boring? In fact, in mid-March of 2014, 
It was a bittersweet moment when I started my new job. I felt such gratitude for the wonderful opportunity that God gave me, but I felt sad that I could no longer participate in daily mass on a regular basis. But its impact has made a lasting impression on me, and whenever I have the day off or on a Saturday, I'm excited to be at daily mass once again. So here's what I've learned so far on my journey back home to the Catholic Church. Though I struggled with the role of women in the church, it was Mary who guided me back home. It was Mary who said the ultimate yes to God and who had the strength and courage to endure the passion of her son. Mary shows me how to bravely face the challenges in my life. Mary reminds me of the courage it takes to say yes to God, and through her love, she always points the way to her son. I have learned that we are all imperfect people seeking God's love. Despite what I am learning through, the, through reading the Bible and my desire to live my life in the way Jesus teaches us, I find myself to be full of the hypocrisy that I often judged in others. I am humbled when I realize that I am judging others and am reminded of the forgiveness that was so readily given to me at reconciliation. It reminds me that I need to forgive myself and others as God has forgiven me. I have learned that I want to live my life in thanksgiving and make room for Jesus in my life. One way I can do that is by starting my day in quiet reflection, reading scripture. I want to share with you one of my favorites. It's from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And when I read this scripture in the morning, I think about these words as if I was putting on a wardrobe to prepare me to go into my day with God. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these put on love, that is, the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were called in one body, and be thankful. I've learned the importance of forgiveness, of me regularly going to reconciliation to ask for God's forgiveness, and for me to readily forgive others, and for me to forgive myself when I fall short and become that hypocritical person that I judge in others. I have learned that while I am so happy that I've come home to my Catholic faith and that I have a beautiful community of people to celebrate with, I still struggle with certain aspects of my faith. I still have questions and doubts and beliefs that I'm not sure where they fit in with our Catholic beliefs. I do know, however, that I will not let my questions and concerns draw me away from my faith. I will talk to others, I will keep asking questions, and I will pray for guidance. Matthew Kelly said, there is genius in Catholicism if we will just take the time and make the effort to humbly explore it. There is nothing wrong with 
the Catholic Church that can't be fixed by what, by with what is right with Catholicism. If you and I are not part of the solution, we are part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution, and I hope that I will never let my doubts take me away from the opportunity to be near Jesus through the Mass. I have learned more about the purpose of my life. Through reading Scripture, it became clear to me how to be the best version of myself. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, Matthew says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. John chapter 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Through these words, I am learning that the meaning and purpose in life is to demonstrate to what degree I have learned to love. It is about seeing Jesus in others and being Jesus for others. Through Mama Mary, the beauty and wisdom of the Catholic Church, and the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist, I have returned home to my faith. I have the opportunity to be changed by Christ's love and sacrifice, to be a doer of his word by learning and living heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, peace, and gratitude, joined as one body with Christ and his church. I can't imagine a more relevant, authentic, or inspiring way to live life. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, one of the things Lisa, of course, talked a great deal about is um, the many ways that she has and is still continuing uh, to become the best version of herself. And so that's one of the things I think that she is challenging us all to do is to think about that in your own lives uh, when you leave here tonight and head back in uh, to start off our new week. We'd also like for you uh, to consider coming back just in two weeks on the 6th of March and bring a friend for our next CEO event. Again, that's on March 6th at 6.30 again, when Miss Deanna Barnes shares her story of when heaven sends you back. So that's just two weeks away, and she has a great message to share as well, as we hope that you will uh, come back and, and maybe bring a family member or friend with you as well. So thank you again for sharing your time with us, and we'll see you back here on the 6th. Good night. <laughs>